It's the lowdown. Sports 1440, we're into hour two already. One great thing about a two-hour show is there's no real time to get bored. I mean, you really only have, like, how many breaks is it? Like six? And you're done. Now, Gregor has four hours. That's that's a little more of a marathon. You better get comfortable. It's going to take a while. Pack a lunch. Here, we don't even bring in lunch. You bring in your carrots and such. Tomatoes. Pita and hummus. <laughs> Are you a big hummus guy? Oh, I love hummus. Can eat it with everything. Yeah, Put it I on am. sandwiches by itself. Vegetables. Oh, so good. I'm a peanut butter guy. I like that too, but I can't do it with everything the way I can with hummus. Peanut butter and grape jelly. Come on now. <laughs> it's good. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say it's not good. It's, it's just, just not hummus. And, you know, you could have both. Not at the same time, but you get my point. Do we have bagged milk? Okay, we do. Joining us now is bagged milk from Oilers Nation. How are you, sir? I'm doing excellent. You know, hearing you guys talking about, you know, a PB&J, which, Al, classic. Yes. I love the grape jelly as well. That's a very important pick. That I like that detail. Mm-hmm. Love the hummus. Now, now I'm just starting to get hungry here, sitting away to jump on. <laughs> yeah, we do that to people all the time. Um I have so many things I want to get to, including a, a, a Bruce Kerlock article that I want to ask you about, but I'll do that at the end. But I, I, I'm very interested in your opinion of first blush, Connor Brown. What did you think? Here's the thing. Like, I was at the game last night, and I got to say, the engine, it uh, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Zach Hyman in the sense that his, his, his give a crap per 60 was high last night. And we're talking about a preseason game against a, a Vancouver lineup that is not going to be close to their opening night roster. And I just, as I was watching him last night, it was the hustle that I really noticed. And I feel like that's going to be a really, really important feature to have on the, on, on the, on the, on the forecheck. If he's with Connor as he was last night, or if he ends up going with Leon, or however it works, he's going to be able to retrieve pucks on the, on the forecheck better than I expected. And, I love guys with that kind of engine, Al. Like when Hyman came into town and you just saw the no quit, compete, compete, compete. I love having more guys like that on the team. And honestly, that was my first impression of Karin Brown last night. I think that's very fair. Uh, the the Bouchard to McDavid pass, uh, you can see why they they want Bouchard to be featured not on, just on the power play, but but play big minutes on the the uh, at five on five and even strength, we, either with Ekholm or Nurse. But that pass was flat out brilliant. And if McDavid can get a puck to him on the fly and doesn't have to, you know, uh, change stride or slow down in any way, there's no chance for the defenseman. That was a great goal last night, and I think a kind of preview of things to come. I completely agree with you. It was one of those ones where. Boosh hit him right on the stick in full flight, and within a snap of a finger, the game's over. It, the puck moved so quickly from center ice into the Canuck zone and into the back of the net. It was just really remarkable, and that's you know that's always going to be the upside with Bouchard. And while I understand that there's still some work to be done on the on the defensive side of the puck with him, there's no doubt that his distribution skills and his ability to create offense is elite within this defensive group. And last night's pass, like you said, just pure magic the way he saw, saw that scene and executed the play perfectly it was just one of those ones and i was just also a little bit surprised last night how much woodcroft is playing the nurse bouchard both of them almost seven minutes so yeah. they were out there a lot a lot of heavy lifting it, it feels like they're they're, they're like the, the the lead dogs like the top pairing defenseman 
in all of these games are playing outrageous minutes, and I, I, I guess maybe they're they they're going to play them fewer games, so more minutes in the games they're playing. Because I, I don't know I don't know why else if the, is that right? I don't know why else they would play them that many minutes because it's a lot and it's early in the season. Yeah, that's what I was with you when I looked at the ball this morning because you know when you're sitting at the game and when you're at Rogers Place in the stands and you're watching, you just go, man, I feel like. Nurse and Bouchard are out there a lot, but until you actually see the number, like, again, close to 27 minutes for both guys, you didn't really realize how much they were playing. And and the big guys up front, too, played more than maybe I expected. Like, McDavid was at 18 minutes. Nuge was at 17. Uh, Drysaddle was at 18.40. So they were getting regular shifts. It wasn't one of those preseason games where, you know, they went out for a couple of twirls and then they're parked on the bench for the rest of the period. They were out there, and they were in the mix, and they were competing. So it was an interesting deployment of both the forwards and the defensemen last night for me. Mag Milk joining us from Waters Nation on Sports 1440 in the Lowdown with Low Tide. So I talked to Oiler fans back and forth, texting, tweeting, whatever else that is out there in the ether. And, and so I sometimes get bogged down in conversations I would prefer not to. And it's, it's, it's not anybody's fault, but I do. And last week we talked about Broberg the bad. And this week we're talking about Raphael Lavoie, the, the guy who's not getting a chance. Uh, and uh, like, I see it and I don't see it. Like he's played in one game out of three and I know he hasn't had a feature, um, position, but the, here's how I look at it. I think Lavoie looked good while he was playing away from qualified NHL players. I think, Sutter has played because Ryan McLeod's hurt, and I and I really believe that guys like Kajula and and Ernie and others who are wingers who might be lined up to face Lavoie in terms of a battle of the stars. Gagne's hurt. I think Lavoie's got to be the number one winger who's on the bubble. I don't see anybody else who's in contention aside from Sutter right now, and Sutter's a center. Yeah, it's uh, going to be interesting to see. I mean, obviously, we was the third pl- the preseason game last night, and is Lavoie going to be in tomorrow night against Calgary? I- I'd like to see how he competes against some of the rosters that get more filled up with NHL players as the preseason goes along. I, I think that last night was, I mean, it was a sloppy game. It was very much felt like a preseason game. There was a lack of structure all over the ice. And when it comes to a player like Lavoie, who is on the bubble, like you said, I'm curious to see how he fits within the system playing against teams that are a little bit closer to where they need to be for the start of the NHL season because this is a player that's going to have to clear waivers if he does get sent down, if he doesn't crack that team. And if you think about a 6'4 winger, chances are somebody's going to want to take a flyer on a guy like that. So I'm I'm wondering if on the back half of this preseason and the remaining five games, if we're going to get more of a blah and what kind of role Woodcroft's going to use him in in those remaining games but he's the easily the most interesting case in the preseason for me we did talk about Broberg last week but now we're talking about a big forward he's got some size he's got some skill he scored 25 goals in the AHL last year really improved himself as he went along in the season down in Bakersfield so I'm really intrigued by the player. There's a lot of things to like in the toolbox, and it's just a matter of whether or not he's going to, one, get the opportunity to do it, and two, put it all together. So amazing question regarding what we have here, but at this point it's hard to say. Yeah, I think that I, I I like to see these things play out, and I think there's an urgency from the fan base, and I get it, but we're just going to have to see how it how it turns out. Um, Absolutely. Are, are, Ken Holland mentioned in August, and I think it was to spec, but I'm not sure, 
about the idea of watching the waiver wire. And I think that the, the waivers are out today. There's a couple of interesting players, including a goalie. But I, I think a trade is more likely if the Oilers aren't satisfied with Sutter and feel like Lavoie won't clear waivers, maybe they end up making a trade or whatever. Do, do you think that the Edmonton Oilers fourth line center is at least possibly not on the roster now? That's a really interesting question, too. Um, I could absolutely see them trying to snag someone from the waiver wire. And I could also see them trying to mix in Lavoie on one of those days where if he doesn't actually crack the lineup, he could get mixed into one of those big group of waiver wire candidates. So hopefully he sneaks through. But I really wonder how much leash the organization has or how much kind of patience or openness they have to Brandon Sutter as that fourth line center. He is a guy who's who's been able to win some draws. You know he's going to be hungry after spending the last two years out of the NHL, provided that his health can kind of maintain and hold up because he was battling um, long COVID over that time. So I wonder where their thoughts are about having another guy like that in the lineup, potentially to kind of alleviate some of the pressure from a guy like uh, a Derek Ryan from having to go over to the center. But it's an amazing question because really, Al, I think it was a couple of weeks ago we you and I were speaking, there's not really many jobs on the roster available. No. There's only a couple. And there's a handful of bodies that are fighting for them. So I think the best part about the preseason this year in Edmonton is that we're going to get some answers of who earned those spots. Nothing's going to be given. And I think that's a, that's going to create some interesting storylines. There's some different opportunities for different guys to sneak their way into the lineup. And I'm just sitting back, like you said, and watching it happen, waiting to see who seizes that opportunity. But right now through three preseason games, I don't know that there's anybody that necessarily been like, oh, he's the guy that's going to get that spot, be it on the wing or at center. So we got five more preseason games to go. We don't know how Woody's going to deploy these forwards and players throughout that time, but very, very interesting question there because there's there's two spots in that bottom six. And as of right now, at least to me, I don't see anybody that kind of is kicking the door open and say, no, no, that one's mine. That's fair. A lot of people are texting us to one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty and asking you to chime in on uh, Rogers' beer prices. Did you want to vent on anything or? Well, so last night I was at the game. It was my first one of the season, and uh, I was asked on Twitter, "Just hey, what are uh, what are the booze prices at like at Rogers' place this year?" And so I took a picture and posted it, and the internet is doing what it does, and um, there's there's no doubt they're not they're not cheap. $15 for a beer this year. Um, some of the, you know, the imports I found to be funny. Like if you consider Coors Banquet to be an import, I, I mean, I find that to be a little bit strange. Uh, some of the domestics, it would have been nice to see maybe some of the local brewers from around Edmonton and area. There's some really, really good ones involved in there. But let me tell you, they're not giving them away. No. Um, no. And it doesn't matter if you're going in for just a, just a pop, a fountain pop, or if you want to have a couple of adult beverages while you're sitting in the stands. It is not cheap. If you want to have a couple of drinks at Rogers Place, that is for sure. So do, do you think the days of pre-drinking are coming back? Is that what you're telling me? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, pre-drinking and also pre-eating, if I'm being honest. <laughs> like uh, the burger deal that was floating around on Twitter the other day where it's 29 bucks for a burger and a beer. Well, it's getting up there. I mean, it costs enough to get into the building as it is let alone having to, having to try and figure out a meal for you and maybe your family if you're there together. So I do. I think the pre-drinking is going to come back a little bit. I think the pre-eating is going to come back a little bit. And it's kind of the only way to combat what's going on in there, I suppose. The, the only thing I'm really concerned that you do is pre-dressing. We want you to show up in clothing if you could. 
Well, I try my best, you know, but uh, things happen. Sometimes I have to uh, maneuver out of the house when I'm not fully roped. <laughs> but uh, I'll do my best, Al. That's my I appreciate problem. it. I, just if you could, you know, to keep the... You know, keep the the ball rolling. Uh, Bruce Kerlock is a, a very bright writer uh, for you at Oilers Nation, and he wrote three hours ago. The winds of change are here uh, for the Edmonton Oilers, and I wanted to ask you not not anything specific about it because people should read the piece, but talking about the the tactical changes. And I have argued that you can do one one three, you can do three one one, one two one. I don't care, but yep. it comes down to execution. When people get mad at Darnell Nurse for following the forward out to the blue line and not getting mad at Fogel for not checking down to to White Cloud. I have a problem with it because that, you know, depending upon what they were doing, that's probably Fogel's fault. But the actual execution is the issue, and you can find fault with all of these guys. It's hockey, after all. It's difficult to do. I think we're at some level, and Reed Kerlock's article is very good, but even no matter what you're doing, it comes down to execution, and a lot of what happened in Vegas series was execution, not necessarily deployment. 100%. 100%. I, I, I completely agree with you. It doesn't matter what the plan is and who the coach is. It comes down to execution. And if the Oilers are going back to the one-one-three, as you'll read at Bruce's piece where he does, you know, there's video analysis in there. He really breaks it down from what's been going on in the preseason. It does come down to execution because at the end of the day, we could be talking about going back to the swarm again in the defensive zone. But if you can't pull it off and if you can't be in the right spots and if you don't have your man, it doesn't matter what that plan is. So we'll see how the Oilers adjust to kind of a little bit of movement in the defensive zone. I hope that having the one-one-three leads to more kind of clearing some traffic out around the net. Mm-hmm. To me, last season, the Oilers gave up a lot of rebound goals, a lot of garbage goals within kind of the handful of feet from the crease. So my hope is that going to this strategy is kind of kind of clean some of that up a little bit. Maybe some of the junky goals kind of get clipped out of the Oilers game. But again, until they get some more at-bats, until that we see it in practice and we see how they can do it over days and weeks and months, it's nice to talk about a tactical change, but how can the boys respond? How do they execute? It's exactly like you said, Al. It comes down to execution. Absolutely. And you and I got to see each other last week. That was kind of cool. We did. I haven't seen yeah, you in years. Did. You've got a little facial hair going on. Seems like you're, you know, legal now everywhere. Good. Well, I'm trying. You know, it comes in a little patchy still. There's maybe a couple of grays poking through where they weren't there before. But, um, yeah, it was great to see you. We hadn't seen each other in quite some time. And while. the fun part was that it was completely by accident. Yeah, well, and you know what? That's the way life works. And especially when I'm out in public, it is an accident. So that, that's the <laughs> way it <laughs> kind of works. Thanks, Bag Milk. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. Thank you very much. All right. That's Bag Milk. We didn't even mention Frank, but we will as we get closer to the regular season. Coach, how do you feel about your team's execution tonight? I'm in favor of it. Who said this, LT? It was John McKay. Um Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach. He said that. They said, Coach, what did you think of your team's execution tonight? And he said, I'm in favor of it. And then he also said he got very mad and he went on this rant. I think Doug Williams, who ended up winning a Super Bowl as a quarterback with the Washington Redskins, was his starting quarterback at the time. And they had lost. They were 0-8 or something. They were just dastardly bad. And and he said, "Um, we can't win at home. We can't win on the road. We are now looking for a neutral site. <laughs> and and th- Tampa Bay, he was perfect for Tampa Bay at that time because he had a wicked, wicked sense of humor. And if your team is 0-8 in NFL football, 
you you need a great sense of humor, and he was all that. So John McKay, I believe it was John McKay. Was it John McKay? I don't recall. I don't want to. I don't want to say one thing and be wrong one way or the other. So I'm just going to leave it at that and say, hand up. I don't know this one. I don't recall. Uh, but I trust being you. Honest on this show today, um, John McKay. Thank you. Sounds like it was. That 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 was 76. That's how long that's been in my brain. Wow, that, that is and, a long time. Like Pet Rocks, No Way Jose, and. Island Girl by Elton John. That's all from back there. And Just, I got them all. They've been up there for the last 47 years? There's a lot of mothballs up there. That's all I'm saying to you. On the way, NHL rumors, some interesting waivers. We'll talk about it next. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. Do you like that straight ahead rock and roll? Are you a rock and roll headbanger guy? I'm not a huge rock and roll guy, but who doesn't love ZZ Top? <sighs> Do we have Jessica by the Allman Brothers? That's not straight ahead rock, but it's a great song. Let no. me take a look. All right. Uh, it's time for rumors. We do this every day. And this isn't a rumor. This is a, a truther. And I'm in about, I'm about to, to deliver a medical procedure incorrectly. I've tried, and I will try again to say it right, but it won't go well. Uh, Chris Johnson reporting. Andre Veselovsky had a microdisectomy on a lumbar back herniation this morning per the Tampa Bay Lighting. He's expected to miss the first two months of the regular season. That's big. That's he's a very fine goaltender, obviously. Now a microdisectomy, I don't know if I'm saying it right. It's a surgical procedure for the relief of pain and other symptoms that occur when a herniated disc in the spine presses on an adjacent nerve root. It's I'm uncomfortable saying it out loud. If I had this, you'd have to put me in stasis until the surgeons could take care of it and then wait six weeks, and then you could finally take me out of it. That is painful. And he plays a very difficult position. You're constantly, you know, in motion. So Andrei Vasilevsky, that's a big piece of news. That's what you want to avoid if you're an NHL team. One of your core key players making the big coin out before you even start down the road. And they'll have to be really careful with them. I think a trade may happen. Who has too many goalies? Calgary has three. Vancouver's got, well, they put a guy on waivers today. I have to look at that. The orders are fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Although Jack Campbell hasn't played yet. But I thought Stuart Skinner was excellent last night. Calm feet. Played well. Played the angles well. People got down on him because of the the playoff run against Vegas. And maybe they should have gone to Jack Campbell. But, you know, Stuart Skinner playing in a game, once the coach says, you know, go out there, you do your best, right? So, I like him. I think the Oda's got a really good one. And I hope that they don't do what they did with Devin Dubnik. We're crying out loud, don't trade the guy. My goodness. LTU, <laughs> I'm whistling Island Girl now, nonstop. Well, it's it's one of those songs, right? Vroom, vroom. <laughs> it's a catchy tune, but it's you know, it does <laughs> it does wear a little bit. 
at least I didn't do something like the bitches back. Did I ever tell you what my dad, we're driving down the road in 1970, whatever it was, three, and Elton John's bitches back, brand new, comes on the radio. And of course, my dad goes, oh, you know, because that's what everybody did back then. You know, meanwhile, they're listening to country music songs about, you know, cheating on everybody, but that's no problem at all. But I remember the bitches back being a big deal. You don't have that record, do you? No, it's brand new, Dad. Island Girl. Is that better than a microvasectomy? I, you know, you got a discectomy. Okay. All right. Thanks, Shane. Hairball. Hairball's a good name. A Nick from HF. Somebody's recommended I listen. I watch uh, uh, the Crave special on Fanny, which was a female rock band in the early seventies. I've watched it. It's it's really good, and they got some bad advice. Oh, that's good. Low tide. I'd want the name for Connor McDavid to be Mach ninety seven. You know, like that that speed, M A C H. I think it's spelled. Yeah, like what they use for fighter jets and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. That's really yeah, creative. I like that one. They're I couldn't good. think of something that creative. That's a good one. That injury is very painful. Surgery, surgery is uh, pretty effective, though. So there you go. If you didn't tune into the top of the show and you're wondering what I thought about Edmonton Oilers' game last night, Connor McDavid is is absolute fire. Whatever the best is, there's a picture of him right beside it. I, I don't even know how to describe the guy. There was a play, I think in the first period last night, where, where he was in his own zone and he just, he just, he hit the retro rockets and he just said to hell with this noise. And he's, he was just gone. And, and I've seen it before and it still, it just shocks the eye. You're just like, look, look at these poor, Elderly people <laughs> who are getting past like a house on the side of the road. And he does it all the time. And then there's panic in the streets because you know the coach is yelling at the defenseman, get back there, Harvey. And Harvey's like, what? It, it, it's very rare in professional sports to see, see blind panic with professional athletes. And, and it happens routinely when Connor McDavid is on the ice. I thought Leon played well too. He back checked well. I I don't think he had that many dangerous passes. I did see him eat the puck along the wall and look for support. Ordinarily, he might have sent it to a dangerous spot. He did not do that. I think they're going to be a little more careful. Darnell Nurse played well, but he also made some some errant passes. Got to clean that up. I liked Phil Kemp. I really liked Marcus Namalainen. I thought he had a good game, and I was intrigued by uh, Gleason. Ben Gleason is that his name? Yes. Ben Gleason, uh, he comes out of the Dallas Stars organization. He's brand new this year, and he will play in Bakersfield. I thought the Oilers' defense was pretty good. Now, Vancouver, they have f- fast people on skates, so it made things a little bit difficult. I, I was not – here's who I was impressed with, okay? I'll just give you the list. Kane, McDavid, Brown, Nuge, Dreisaitl, Hyman, Fogel, Ryan – Nurse Bouchard, Gleason, DeHarnay, Kemp, Niemelainen, and Skinner. So the players I was not from not impressed by were Sutter, Yanmark, Peterson, Ernie. With the exception of Yanmark, they're all the guys 
who are trying to make the team and they didn't do you you need them to step up because right now the coaches go into the uh, room after last night and they go okay of the bubble guys who played well and then there's crickets it's like you when you got home with your report card yeah, there, there were no what? crickets, just a lot of screaming. What? Uh, and it was directed at me. All right, uh, son, let's see what you uh, did well in. Um, just going down the page here. Oh, looks like Wilson beat you in the Mad Minute again, did he? <laughs> no ice cream for you. Um, Common Thursday at my house growing up. When I was in grade three, um, we I, sports day was a big day for me back then. Later, not so much. Um Shot put and discus were always a big deal for me, but but uh, I could run when I was little. You know, nobody else's legs had grown, uh, and so I I was pretty good at all the sports day activities. But there was a kid named Rory Kanak who was just I mean he just was taller, stronger, everythinger, and so one day Rory Kanak is sick and he's not in school, and damned if it isn't sports day. And I'm, I'm waiting for the first event, and then I I hear, I don't know who it was, somebody said, oh, it's Rory Kanak. And I'm like, damn it, you know, because I would have won all the all the gold ribbons. I would have finished first in everything. But no, Rory Kanak has to come from his deathbed to beat me in grade three. And I'm still not over it, clearly. It was personal for him. He wasn't letting you say, he wasn't letting you get a get a spot on that podium. He wanted all the shine. Why couldn't he just stay home and have like tomato soup and and get better? Because he's got heart, man. He wants to be a champion. He's got heart and he's a dog and he wants to be out there. Rory Kanak. Isn't it funny how you still remember the name? Oh yeah, Josh Fernandez was a kid who was always really good in tra- <laughs> track and field day at my school. <laughs> he was a he was a French immersion kid, so our cross didn't pass. Our paths didn't cross too much, but when they did on track and field day, it was always on site. It was a healthy competition. He made me better, so thank you, Josh. So he was the Calgary Flames, and you were the Edmonton Oilers, or were you the Edmonton Oilers, or was he the Edmonton Oilers, and you were the Calgary Flames? I was I was the Edmonton Oilers. I was the 1982 Edmonton Oilers, and I was Gretzky. I was captain of the ship. Nice, but he was he was nice. He was nice. He was a fast kid. Respect. Seems like everybody was nice in your school. What's the matter with your school? <laughs> Just we were all taught to be polite. We were raised well. No, but but when you guys started getting snarky, what is that? Grade four? Yeah, probably about grade four, maybe okay. a little earlier. So who was the bad guy then? Was oh, it Fernandez? Man. No, for, well, listen, we never had any classes together because he was a French immersion kid. So we didn't. We only saw each other on track and field day. We so locked so did he eyes. Walk and we walked by with business. his nose in the air. Or did you walk by in the nose? In the I air? walked by with my nose in the air. He walked down. He kind of head down. He knew what he was about. He knew. He knew he was the real deal. Um, oh. The kid. Man, I don't want to you know put any names out there, but there were there were a couple. Uh, yeah. You know. Uh, Leland and Nick, they were, they were the troublemakers and they were the, they were the rascals in that school. <laughs> Hope they're doing well though. Um, Elvin, they didn't have a shot on track and field day, by the way. Elvin and Neil at my school were the disturbers, but Neil's sister, Nancy, was fantastic. Big fan. Al, so you're saying Raphael Lavoie was the best bubble guy last night then? I would say so. Like, I, right now, I think that the, the pecking order for, because I think there's two spots open. I think if Lavoie plays well, they'll send a veteran down. It might be Derek Ryan, might be Matthias Yanmark, but somebody's going down to make room for Lavoie so they can protect him, at least until they can trade him. But if Sutter plays well enough, then he's going to have the fourth line center job. But right now, I think it's a, I think it's a contest between Raphael Lavoie and Brandon Sutter for that last spot. I believe that. Nobody, Adam Ernie, uh, I mean, what has he done? I mean, I know he's been talked up in some circles, but uh, you you have to you have to impact the game. 
you have to do something that allows the coach to say, well, he, you know, he did this or he hit a guy or that was a nice pass or he blocked a shot. Although Bernie did block a shot in the last game we played. So in fairness, um, I think, I think that Raphael Lavoie played really well. He had that power move down left wing. Remember that? And then he hammered that defense, but I don't remember his name, but he clubbed him good. And the puck went into the, uh, Winnipeg zone. I think Raphael Lavoie did a lot. And I know that the coach had said, well, he's got to change his style, but the coach hadn't seen him in a year and a half. And he has changed his style. He keeps his feet moving. He's a bully now. He'll push you right out of the way. If he was here, Declan would be flat on his ass. That's Raphael Lavoie right now. Even in the studio, I think Lavoie's got a real chance to make this team, is what I'm saying to you. Low Tide, both Spectre and Kevin Carius, hey, I think Sutter has played his way on the team. Why do you think he hasn't been very good? I haven't watched very much of the preseason, but outside of the opposite opinion of Sutter from those two, from Quentin, I say he hasn't been very, very good. I just don't think he's got the job yet. And one of the things that you, you can't do, and with respect to Spec and Mr. Carius, is... You can't get out in front of it because the competition level isn't high right now. When you're last the last two or three games of the preseason, that's when the NHL rosters really kind of lock and load. If Sutter is doing good things, then we can talk about him making the team. But I absolutely think the Oilers are shopping. If they want a number four center, because if they get a number four center, they can still send Sutter down to the American League on a PTO like they're going to do with Gagne and see what they've got. There's no hurry on getting Sutter here. If he's ready by the playoffs, they're good to go. This isn't some kind of, some kind of, you're, you're absolutely going to use the clock in your, if you're Ken Holland to make that happen. And if Sutter makes the team and they put Lavoie on waivers and they lose him to waivers, I will hammer them because I think that's an unforced error. And that's a guy, even at the very least, you could trade Lavoie for something at the deadline. And you have to be practical about that stuff if you're Ken Holland because you do not have a lot of prospects left and you've traded a boatload of draft picks with more to come. You need to optimize what you have as assets that might be somewhat useful to another NHL team. All right, I can tell by the clock on the wall and the raised eyebrow of my friend that it's time to take a break. I will say this, though. You're listening to The Lowdown, powered by Wolf GMC Buick on Sports 1440. It's The Lowdown on Sports 1440 with the Almonds and Jessica. That is one of my all-time favorite songs. Dickie Betts. Remember that name. Hug Specialist says, why not just, it's Connor. I think anyone who has seen him will clearly understand. That's a great point. By the way, a hug specialist, Oilers ALB mom, a great follow on Twitter. Really nice person. I almost ran over her at the drugstore one time. I was walking briskly. I'd bought, I'd purchased some coffee and I was in a hurry and I turned the corner and man, I thought it was going to be an accident in aisle 3C. Have you ever done that? Run over somebody in the grocery store or drugstore? No, no, I don't think so. I think I've seen it happen, but I don't think I've done it myself. It's kind of, you know, like you're like, geez, you know, maybe that wasn't important that you walked that fast. Got to be aware of your surroundings. I agree with you on Oilers still shopping around. You can, can't fully trust Sutter to be healthy come playoff time since he hasn't played in three seasons from Quentin. It's true. And, and also, just the foot speed is what I worry about. He wasn't fast before.
Is that not the Top Gear theme song? I don't know. Is it? I have I've never watched an episode of Top Gear in my life, so I'm the wrong guy to ask. What Again, is Top like, Gear? It's it's that British car show or racing show with Jeremy uh Irons? Yeah, uh, no, 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 not Jeremy Irons. Because I don't think he'd be in a car show. <laughs> no, it's like Jer- I, I don't know his name. He's probably he's really famous in the UK. Jeremy Stevens or something. I don't know. It's something like that. But it's a car show. It's huge. I think in 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 the UK. I'm digging a hole, but I'm I'm eighty ish percent sure that's what it is. Okay, but that's that's a pretty nice description of something neither of us know about. That's what I'm saying. For never having seen an episode, I think I did okay. Like that was palatable. I mean, it's not you know, and it it you you had some of it. You know, it's like if somebody said name all the members of the Supremes after Diana Ross, it's just blank. It you gets, came up with something. Jeremy Clarkson, we've got a lot of text coming in. Farmer Scott, Scoots, and Devin, they're helping us out here. So thank you guys. We appreciate that. I appreciate that. Al, you may not know that Jessica is also the theme for the very popular BBC show Top Gear. There we go. So we're right on all accounts. I didn't know that, but I love that song. It is so good. Like in the summertime, back in the olden days, back when you could do stuff and people wouldn't come over and punch you out, I used to put my big Bose speakers outside. And then I would play... In my backyard, I would play my songs, of which Jessica is one. And it would just echo, echo everywhere, you know? And then, I don't know why I would do that big show-off idiot, but I enjoy doing that. Something about outdoors when you're hearing music. I don't do that anymore. Jessica, one of the best, you bet. Brian S. says, that's great, too. And okay, so Almond Brothers had two hits. Oh, they had way more than that. Oh, come on now. The Almond Brothers are fantastic. Midnight Rider, Ramblin' Man, Melissa. Oh, so good. Such a wonderful band. One of my favorite bands. And then Soul Shine, which was later on, but still a really good song. Matt and Ledoux, you say you don't know the show, but I think you're just trying to kick things into top gear. Well, I don't, like, in my house as a kid, my dad and my brother loved cars. Like, just loved it. I, every weekend, they'd be tinkering in the back. And I was the guy who was like, well, I'll just buy a car. And when it breaks down, I'll just buy another car. And that has been my life. I, I like, I don't think it's important that I be able to, you know, see a, a 1957 Corvette from 7,000 feet and identify it. I don't think that's a skill that is useful. I'd rather know that Bobby Orr had 102 assists in 7071. It's what makes us different and unique. Although Jeremy Clarkson must be wildly popular because everybody knows who he is. I think there's a strong chance Holloway starts in the minors because his waiver exemption and they all give Lavoie a uh, nine-ish game run and then make a call on him. Luke can count on that may well be it. And look, even if let's just say that they trade Raphael Lavoie for a third round pick. Let's just say that. Let's say Montreal, who doesn't have any big players like he's he's six four two oh five. Lavoie is substantial and they need big wingers in Montreal. And he's French, but that doesn't really matter. He's a good player, good prospect. If you get a third-round pick, that's something you can use at the deadline. And 
I promise you, I will never call or in any way associate myself. If I see Michael Parcati in a restaurant, I will get up and leave the restaurant if I'm there. I do not want to talk to him. I just want him to do good works for the Edmonton Oilers. That's the truth. And I want him to become famous as a guy who helped them win the Stanley Cup. That would be more than enough payment for me in life. That said, I guarantee you that the things that, that analytics can, can help with are things like what's the value of Raphael Lavoie and why they shouldn't send him down the road for nothing. Give him a few games. Give him a few games, you know, on the, on the, on the third or the fourth line. You know, somebody's going to get hurt. Plug him in. See what he can do. Give him five shifts with McDavid. What if he scores? Something goes in off his ass. I mean, they gave Drake Kajula a chance, but it was a different era. I get that. I still think you could, you could, you know, Jay Woodcroft, when he got here, he was the king of giving kids chances. He did a ton. Broberg, DeHarnay. He did. He got Ryan McLeod. They all have emerged under him. He's good at this. Give him, get, Raphael Lavoie will either earn a spot or not earn a spot. And it's up to him. But I, I think that people who think that Jay Woodcroft is, is not open to putting him in the lineup opening night have just missed the boat there based on his own past, on Woodcroft's own past. Listen to Derek Truck sometime. I do all the time. I love Southern rock and roll. I love the Allman Brothers. Have you ever heard Hot Tuna? Check that out. Low Tide, you need to Google Will Forte as Greg Allman on Jimmy Fallon. I think I've seen that. Greg Allman, who, by the way, was married to Cher for, I believe, 11 minutes. You forgot Kurt Brackenberry. I don't know what that's about, but I like saying Kurt Brackenberry. Nobody in their right mind risks a broken hand in the preseason. Probably that was about <laughs> Kurt Brackenberry. Um, that's my point is guys running around against the Oilers, you make your reputation big whoop. But the idea, the, the, the reason this came along was the, was the injury to McDavid in his first year. But McDavid is not, he's not a frail little rookie. He's a man and he's kind of a bully. And I, I don't mean that in a negative way. Have you seen him in the corner? Cross checks, hits guys, shoves that stick where the, shouldn't go. He's, he's mean. He's, he is not a guy that you have to protect. Connor McDavid doesn't need protecting. Others need protecting from Connor McDavid. As skilled as he is, he's also a ruffian, as the kids used to say back in the 1820s. Declan is great, but I miss Awana getting under LT's skin. Awana. Well, actually, LT. Me. Oh, great. Here we go again. Well, he, you know, he, here's why he was a great contrarian, because he really believed what he was saying. You know, it's easy to go, well, I'll disagree with this, and then, but... He, he would, like, he would argue to the death on things because that was his opinion. He was genuinely, it's not like he's no longer with us. He's just over on the podcast. <laughs> it's, it's not like my friend Matthew has, you know, is, is, is in the rock and roll heaven. That is not the case. But, but yeah, I, I miss all those guys. I miss uh, Lieutenant Eric was, was along with Connor and I've listed off all the producers over the years. 
I, I love all those guys. You know, it's not radio is a, a funny business where you 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 probably are going to work with people again sometime down the line. You have really nothing but good feelings about them. If you see them in a bar, you're going to have a drink. And there's there, I don't I don't have any ill will towards anybody that I worked with at the former station or that works there now. I love them all. I'm sincere in that. I mean, I really do. My favorite is Jess Jackson, just so you know. But the rest, I love them as well. They're all good people. Holy, I've forgotten those other tunes. You teach me about music. I I, I teach you about hockey, LOL, from Brian S. Well, I will tell you this, that, that the combination of, of entertainment and music and um, hockey and sports, it's all kind of in a big pile. And I've always liked to combine it. I did that on the blog for 20 years. I, I've done it on the blog for 20 years. And I, what's shaking? Are you doing something? Are we having an earthquake? No, it's sometimes it just shakes around here. I don't know. We're in a mall. Lots, lots of stuff is going on. There's a shooting range close to us. I just chalked, I just chalked it up to that. But yeah, it does, it shakes around here sometimes. I actually, it shook yesterday during the Gregor show and I Googled, did Edmonton just have an earthquake? But I think, I think it's just the mall. Have you noticed some, some, some hippie aromas around here too? Have you noticed that? A little bit, a little bit when I leave at the end of the night. What, what's, why do you think that is? I just assumed it was because you were, you were out <laughs> hanging by the back door. <laughs> <laughs> I I am telling you, all there's this, something going on, and we should find what's going on. All this all this nonsense about hippie, hippie summer, and you're like, hey, why does it smell funny around here? Yeah, I think I think you might have an idea, though, Ted. I'm I'm not that guy, I promise you. But I think there's something going on. I know that pie aroma. I know what it is. I'm I'm picking up what's being put down. The one rule I'd like to see change is having the clear waivers at such a young age. It's a stupid rule. We shouldn't have to worry about losing Lavoie already. How old is he? 21. Third year in the NHL, the AHL. Like This will be his fourth year. I think it's a great rule, and here's why. It favors the players. Always be in favor of a rule that favors the players. The owners are the bad guys. And if you want, if you want to know how bad, you read the Bob Bond story and you read the part about Gordy Howe where he takes him to lunch, buys him soup, and he says, you're an idiot. I'm making more than you and you're the best player in the game. And Howe went back to the, the Detroit Red Wings offices and he told Mr. Norris that and they panicked and he had a brand new contract by the end of the week. And I'm not wrong on this. Baseball is worse. Don't get me started. I swear to you, I will get very upset about it. And I had my physical and and my blood pressure is a little high. I'm taking pills. It's all good. But I don't want to get mad about baseball or hockey and owners. But but when, when a player has a chance to get out from under a team, a la waivers, be in favor of it. Let Raphael Lavoie fly wherever it is. Let him let him be all he can be without going to the army. Greg Allman once said, I was married to Cher and addicted to heroin. I don't recommend either one. Well, I, the, we do not accept negative comments about Cher on this show. I was going to say, I wouldn't mind being married to Cher. Cher, I, she's fantastic. <laughs> it could be a lot worse. She is. I love her. Absolutely. Al, how's the whole no coffee situation going? Well, I, I'm I'm grumpy, I think, a little bit. Um, and I do have like two cups a day of calf. And then I go to the no calf. And then I uh, 
I do like no calf in the coffee maker no calf. Low Tide, why are you not voicing movie trailers? Good golly, I just switched to iHeart and it's deadly clear. What a voice, fella. Mark the keeper. Well, I'm open to opportunities. I always wanted to be the guy who did the, the, the television stuff, you know, like, then on Hawaiian heat. I'd love to do that because everything is balls out when you're doing those promos for network television. You Everything's could, the biggest. You could narrate, narrate the hell out of a nature documentary. I just cry. I, those make me so sad because always some dumb little cub tiger goes the wrong way and they end up getting eaten up. If you can break down that wall of yours, you could be a superstar. <laughs> David Attenborough's Low Tides Planet Earth. <laughs> I don't. I'm, I, I, listen, I just want to come to work and work at the mall for two hours and then go home. And have my, you know, my cheesy evenings and murder she wrote and, and, you know, every once in a while cook a chicken. I'm pretty simple. Who wins boxing this weekend? Who's boxing this weekend? Canelo Alvarez and Jamal Charlo. They're fighting for Canelo's 168-pound undisputed super middleweight titles. Jamal Charlo coming up from 154, where he's the undisputed champion. Ooh, there, that's a long way up, it's a, right? It's a two. He's actually the bigger man. Funny enough, it's just super middleweight's historically been a bit of a weak division. Canelo's the most skilled guy. He's he's actually the smaller man in the fight. I do expect him to win the fight on skill, but it's it's a good fight. Canelo, it's he's not the Canelo of even two three years ago. He, he looked a little sluggish his last time out he didn't look too great in the uh, the end of the the third triple g fight he's slowing down a little bit but i do still expect him to win this one it's his weight class even though he's the smaller man he's more acclimated to it jamal charlo's never had to fight it that weight. he's never had to deal with what that weight cut's gonna feel like for him afterwards so i like Kendall to get that one that one done decision can i just say that like i don't mind you talking about boxing but can you at least prepare i thought that was okay I thought that I just, was okay. It that was came, brilliant. It came all off the top, uh, did, but I love the sport. Brilliant so. work. Well, I loved the sport back in 1971. I don't watch it anymore, but you are a great asset to me and to this show because you reel that off without a breath. We like you. Well, I'm just, I was just so happy that HVAC Nick sent in a boxing question. I sit here all day just, you know, praying low side asked me about boxing and it never happens. Hey, your show. I totally get it. I but did. when HVAC Nick comes in, you know, I got to be ready. I did ask you about boxer shorts earlier, and you had no answer, so that's bad. Um, what's Gregor got coming up? Do we have that information that we can pass along and impart to our wonderful listeners? We do have Gregor's lineup. I'm just going to take one second to pull it up here. So he's, he's got he's got a big show today, as always. Terry Ryan's going to be his guest host. Bob Nightingale is going to be on at 220. Robin Brownlee, 240. Josh Palmer, Chargers wide receiver, is going to be in at 320. Mike Commodore, 420. Speck at 5. And Colin Livingston with the Cantork Race Report finishing off the day at 5:40. I like hearing Brownlee back on the radio. It's good to hear him. Good guy. I really like listening to Brownlee. He I really he always he always informs me. Really yeah. good takes. I really enjoy it. All right. Thanks so much for tuning into the Lowdown. We're back for the Friday edition with Lansky and more tomorrow. Gregor's next. Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440.